today. We're here back to finish out the week with 114 of the Lost World. Just quickly, it's been a bit um, a bit dry on the toy front. I've, I've picked up a couple more Matchbox cars in uh, increasing my G-Wagon troop <laughs> or fleet and um, and the uh, the Textron, the green Textron tracker as well. So I've um, been getting a couple more of them and I found Stiggy, the Stiggy Moloch yesterday as well. So that's been added to the... Um, to the toys and I've still got that Mosasaur and Indoraptor are still incoming so they'll probably be here to talk about next week Dave anything on your front collecting wise mm, no 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 I've been saving my money actually no 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 no. I just remembered I just remembered I so this week I had a car payment I had to renew my field membership for the uh, field museum in Chicago yep and I start and Unfortunately, I was too late to um, renew my compi. They already sold out. Oh, no. So that's, that is unfortunate. But I used the credit that I had paid for with that I already had with uh, Chronicle to start a payment plan on, on um, number five or number four, uh, Explorer. Explorer. Oh, wow. So I'm getting the I'm going with the Iron Studios Explorer. I'm getting it. They do nice. come individually. I checked with uh, yep. Chronicle. So yeah, I'm, I started that. I got like my first three months payments uh, out of the way already. I guess. Oh, that'd be fantastic. I know. Careful. This suit costs more than your education so important to the future that you not finish that sentence, please. Alright, ready to get into minute 114. Sure. As we entered minute 113 into the Lost World, the male had returned to the hold, and Ludlow was trying to escape out the one way that he'd come in. As minute 114 opens, Ludlow bolts up the stairs, but before he can get halfway up, the male swings his head around and knocks him over. It grabs him by the leg, and we hear a bone-shattering crunch and picks Ludlow up and carries him back into the middle of the hole and drops him on the ground. At a 10 second mark he climbs up onto his good foot and starts to hop away from the Tronosaur, but it lunges forward, knocking him over again. At the 18 second mark, after getting a nod of approval from its father, the baby lunges onto Ludlow's back and he screams. At the 24 second mark we cut back outside to the dock area as a helicopter flies overhead and several police cars race onto the scene. Sarah climbs onto the boat, tranquilizer rifle in hand. At the 36 second mark, Ian also comes onto the boat and runs around the back of the destroyed Tronosaur cage to the controls for the cargo bay doors. He looks at the controls briefly and pushes the big red button to close the doors. The electric motors whirl and the big cargo bay doors begin to close. At the 47 second mark, the Tronosaur roars as the doors start to close, but then its attention goes back onto the infant inside. 51 second mark, Sarah emerges from the bridge and readies to tranquilize her rifle. And as the minute ends, she chambers a dart and prepares to fire. As we end the last minute, the male turned, uh, returned to the hold, and although being the act, or that last act of desperation, tried to make a dash for the stairs, but uh, the male's right there and swings his head around and uh, knocks him over and uh, grabs him by the leg, and he sort of screams as we hear that that bone-crunching crunch. <laughs> Which is interesting, because the Stan Winston Studio appears to have removed the um, teeth out of the animatronic of the T-Rex, so it's only got, like, its 
front, like the first four rows of teeth, where everything else has been removed. And so it was really more like a gumming effect going mm. on, I guess. <laughs> well, I, they they done the same thing when they pulled Burke out of the waterfall too, didn't they? they yeah, they had, did. They... I, I, I don't know, because they had a body harness on the actor at that time. So yeah. it was more like the, uh, the um, stunt actor was strapped to the mouth, not not necessarily inside of it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the male pulls him off the stairs and drops him back down onto the floor. Or onto the dinner table, as it would. And he sort of gets straight up. He doesn't spend much time on the ground, even with the pain he's got from that chomped leg. But uh, he sort of gets straight up and starts hopping along on his good leg. And uh, the male pushes him forward again, knocking him over. And the baby sort of runs up behind him and takes a look back at Daddy, looking for his uh, acceptance. And Daddy accepts. Yeah, Daddy accepts. <laughs> <laughs> and he lunges onto Floodlow. Uh, for so some the, reason, I mean, they say that Star Wars, the, the first Star Wars trilogy, is a are movies of fathers and sons. <laughs> I really feel like this moment, like not just, just the movie in general, but especially this moment is a moment of father and son. You know, because I remember yeah. a lot of times because my dad was a union operating engineer growing up. He's retired now, but a lot of times, especially when the economy hit hard around. 2005 and 2008 he was getting laid off so a lot of times me and him would just sit around and watch movies on days that he was off lost world being one of them of course indiana jones being others and i remember this scene was really more like a yeah father son tag team you know yeah yeah and just yeah it's perfect just that look the baby sort of looks back at the father and the male and um he sort of does that that knowing that head that forward head nod to say go for it son. Mhm. Yeah, it jumps onto his back and attacks, and all we can hear is Ludlow screaming, which is sort of reminiscent again to sort of um, Muldoon's death, just the raptor leaping out on the Muldoon, just sort of gouging and eating his face off. <laughs> yeah, actually, I'd say yeah that the um, connection is definitely there. Hmm. We cut back outside as the helicopters start approaching the ship. There's a dozen police cars sort of race onto the dock area and Sarah climbs the ladder and uh, back on the ship with the tranquilizer rifle in hand. It's one of those things, in the background she comes up and it's in a couple of earlier scenes as well, there's a big um, Southwest Marine printed on the side of one of the warehouses. I just thought I'd do some Googling to see what I found and um, found it actually a real spot in uh, LA, a former shipbuilding yard. Oh, really? Yeah, it's um, it's actually in San Pedro, California. So um, um, where is that exactly? I'm not familiar. I didn't zoom out. <laughs> I was looking yeah. at all the close stuff, but I didn't actually zoom out to see where whereabouts in LA it is. But I've uh, got it bookmarked here. No, the link's gone. It's it's at the it's at the LA waterfront. It's it's one of the last um, examples of the. The once great LA sort of like the shipbuilding yards that they had there. Uh, I see. And it's also, yeah, during World War Two, it was at peak production. It was pumping out forty destroyers. Um, they were built for the war, and um, six thousand people were working there. And they're also known for their incredible building and repair speed. Sometimes getting two ships a day repaired and back out into the war uh-huh. from either torpedo damage or all that sort of stuff. So, um, they had a lot of people there and a lot of yeah, on the Pacific side. Yep. 
And it's sort of one of those things like we haven't haven't really looked this hard into a set location like since the um the girls' school back at the start for Hammond's Hammond's mansion. But I was just surprised it's sort of it's still there today. There's two two of the um dry docks where the ships were made. They're actually dredging the channel that runs alongside where the venture would have been parked. They're using the, all that sand they're dredging out of the channel. They're actually putting into those sea docks to fill them in. So. A lot of the stuff's been demolished. There's only a couple of the main warehouses there. One of which I still I reckon's Eddie's where uh, Eddie's um, garage and warehouse. Really? Because you can see the roll. Yeah, you can see the roller door on one end. You can see the train tracks going into it, much the same where Nick reverses into it. The windows match, and it's sort of the next warehouse over from um, what we see behind Sarah here in the front of the venture and the um, Ingen waterfront complex. But sort of some of the other stuff that. Um, it's it's a known filming location too in LA where um, a lot of TV series 24, the original CSI, Entourage, have all filmed there. Spider-Man, Charlie's Angels, the fourth Die Hard movie was filmed, had some scenes there as well. Um, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. Smith. So I was I was sort of trying to look some of the stuff filmed there to see if anything anything was filmed around 97, 96. Just out of that hope to see an engine logo on a container <laughs> or something in the background, but. Uh, that was no good, but yeah, I've got some images there, so I'll post up on the on the page when this episode goes live. But um, I agree. That's yeah. it's just sort of it's great because in the background, it's sort of when when we first get to the waterfront complex, we see the limos pull up, and you've got that big blue illuminated engine logo or sign mm-hmm. on the. What I always thought was a wall for an office or sort of like an office building, but when Ian sort of runs up on the boat here in a minute, you can see clearly it's just two containers stacked on top of each other with the engine sign on it. So it's not mm. even attached to a building or a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, but Ian sort of runs around, comes up on the boat shortly after Sarah and runs around the destroyed Rex cage towards the uh, cargo bay door controls and he inspects them and sees that big red button with clothes written under it and uh, pushes down hard on it. So would you say she pushed to close? <laughs> push to close, push to close, push it. <laughs> <laughs> And we get the um that whirling sound of the doors coming to life as they uh, begin to close, and sort of the males there of his back. It's oh, it's an odd shot here because the tail. You can see his back and his head, but you know that ramp's there, so the tail should nearly be sticking up as well. But it's it's tucked away in the hold, and he sort of roars at the doors as they close, but turns his attention back to the baby. Yeah, I kind of imagine he's doing the end scene of Jurassic Park kind of pose here where the tail is wrapped around to the side and he's raised his body up to stick his head out of the... And I think it's funny how kind of protective he is in this. In the whole movie, we've kind of had this theme of the parents protecting the baby T-Rex. And here we see the T-Rex actually kind of just roaring at the helicopters like they're just nuisances. All he wants to be is left alone. Mm. with his baby you know yeah and you could probably go a step further to say that he's like he put himself between the baby and the um the open cargo bay oh, too definitely, so, yeah yeah no, it's funny that you did mention those uh big cranes though because in speaking of the t-rex the male t-rex being caged here and uh a uh one of the um i'm sorry one of the concept arts of the T-Rex being offloaded onto the San Diego dock. There's these giant dock cranes here that just mm. go off far into the distance. 
and into the night. And it's a really, really cool piece of concept art. I'm not sure if I'll if I posted it already. I'll check if I haven't. I'll definitely post it again. Might just post yeah. it again anyway because I love it. <laughs> and it's got this great kind of theme of King Kong here, where if you've seen the 1993 version of King Kong where that Spielberg loves and based the entire San Diego sequence off of, it's Jack Denham's quote when he's unveiling Kong. He was a king in the world he knew, but now he comes to a uh, civilization as merely a captive, a show to gratify your curiosity. Mm. And it harkens exactly to this uh, concept art. I mean, I think I captioned it, and I think that's the image I posted was the caption I made of the quote, of the quote over the image because the quote works so perfectly with the imagery. Yeah. And it's sort of great too, like even um, talk about the cranes, looking at the um, the photos of that dock, that port there and that now, even though most of the warehouses have been demolished, the dock side cranes are still there and one of them is still <laughs> painted red. But we see Ian and Sarah run past carrying the baby when Ludlow's on the phone. Like they run past that same crane, it's still there. Like We've talked before about how, um, how great it is that like some of these locations are real locations where you can visit sort of do all that but it's just here and they've obviously put their um that wooden dock onto the side of the main wharf there so they could have the the venture parked in it but yeah as the um as the minute ends sarah emerges from the bridge up on top of the uh the ship and pulls the breech open and closes it with a dart same sort of almost a um shot for shot of what we've seen with roland earlier where he's got it in his mouth and um opens the rifle up puts the dart in and closes it so She's going to uh, show her marksmanship skills next minute, but uh, briefly on the shooting script, much the same here. So the, again, the animals, the male doesn't actually go into the hole. It sort of just lowers its head in and knocks Ludlow over, and um, the adult sort of then um, nods for the baby to go towards Ludlow as he's lying on the ground, and the male knocks him over. He tries to get to his feet, and he's knocked over again a bit harder. And as he's crawling away, the uh, the male bites the leg, snapping it as uh, we see in the film. And, um, and yeah, the baby sort of runs over and leaps on the Ludlow's back and he screams. And outside, mm-hmm. it's a little bit different here. Outside, Ian and Sarah crawl out onto the beach or out of the ocean. They can see half a dozen helicopters now buzzing over the ship ahead, overhead, shine their lights down and sort of mouth mouths, oh God. And um, above them, one of the helicopter doors slides open and a rifleman appears, taking aim at the wrecks. Malcolm sort of continues, he's, they're going to kill it. And Sarah looks around frantically and sees the ruined Rex cage that um, we've seen or you were talk, told about earlier um, with Ludlow sort of given the thing about we had these tranquilizer guns here to shoot it, which was um, changed out for the engine worker in the film. But she sees the rifle still sitting there on the ground from earlier and runs over and grabs it. So the, the T-Rex, the male, roars up at the choppers as the rifleman prepares to fire. Yeah, next week we'll get the end of the shooting script as well. Yeah. As this film's just about over, a couple of minutes to go. If that's all, if all for today, Dave, we'll get every for like. I just find it interesting how more explicit they are in the shooting script, and that because in the um, in the final movie, you see the Rex pressed down on Ludlow, and you hear the crunch, and you kind of imagine, okay, what got broken? Something must have got broken, but in the script they say explicitly his leg is broken you know so mm. i think it would have been interesting if they had done uh, like a possibly a not just a shot but like 
you could see behind Ludlow part of the bone sticking up out of his out of his pant leg. Even a Stephen is soggy. His trousers are soggy with blood or something. Or something Just, like that. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's sort of one. Oh, I've never broken a bone, so I, I can't even begin to uh, like sort of say how painful it is or isn't. But even when it sort of bites his leg, drops him on the floor, and he's sort of straight back to his feet mm-hmm. to sort of limp away. Like he he's not a he's not a he's not trained like military or anything. So he, like his pain threshold, he'd probably cry if he got a splinter. <laughs> yeah, you'd, you'd think so. Like even like some people when they get a pain a pain or pain that severe and they're not used to like they'll faint or yeah, and again yeah. it's that it's that fight or flight like he's he's just been bitten by a t-rex he's got to, he's got to move he can't stay there but um sometimes your body's not going to really agree with what your mind's trying to do and they're both screaming at each other to do something and but that's sort of one of the things like he gets up and starts hopping away here and there's no um there, there isn't really even a tooth tooth mark in his pant leg like <laughs> It's sort of, it's a shame they didn't they didn't do that. Well, like I said at the beginning of the minute, they took the teeth out, so he was really more gummed. It was for the safety of the actor, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that, that that's why Stan Winston told Eddie uh, uh, Richard Schiff not to punch the Rex here or here in the teeth because they'll fall out because they need that mm-hmm. them couple of teeth to fall out so they can um, reset for another shoot. But all right, done. Yeah, I guess so. Alright guys, let's get the hell out of here. Contact details are on the website, thelostworldminute.com. You can email feedback to thelostworldminute at gmail.com. Facebook, The Lost World Minute. Twitter, at The Lost World Minute. And Instagram, The Lost World Minute. Easy to remember. Yeah, yeah, very easy to remember. Right. <laughs> uh, David, thank you for joining me for this recording. And uh, we'll be back. I've been Brad. I'm Dave. And uh, we'll talk to you all later. Goodbye. Talk to you later. Bye. It is absolutely imperative that we work with the Costa Rican Department of Biological Preserves to establish a set of rules for the preservation and isolation of that island. These creatures require our absence to survive, not our help. And if we could only step aside and trust in nature, Life will find a way.